welcome to the Equipping for Life podcast by Pastor Tony Paolo. Listen as Pastor Tony provides tactical tools to overcome obstacles in your everyday life. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Remember, this is the scripture that you would use if you like debating Jehovah Witness at your door. This is the scripture to use. Because so many of the scriptures they, in their Bible, they've changed to remove the fact that Jesus is God. But in their Bible, they forgot to remove all capital. W-C-M-G-E-F-P-P. Every, every one of those is capitalized. So today we're going to talk about Jesus is in fact God. And this verse is so jammed with theology and so jammed with almost incomprehensible. How can we comprehend? It's like putting an ocean inside of a cup. And the word, this, this verse is jammed with the word, the theology of the incarnation, which incarnation you've heard before, but it's not a word that's mentioned in the Bible, but it's a word taken from the Latin in John chapter 1, verse 14. And John chapter 1, verse 14 says this, the word who's Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word incarnatus, which is, comes from the Latin, which if you're Spanish, it's colony, which is flesh. The incarnatus means the word becomes flesh and made his dwelling among us. And so that word, theologians created this word incarnation to describe one person. And that's Jesus. That God, this, the whole story of the gospel is God slipping into a suit of human skin and living in our neighborhood why is that important that's important because when i went to the worst high school in brooklyn george westinghouse high school worst high school in brooklyn worst high school in new york worst high school in the world so and and so when you know but all the teachers lived it was in brooklyn in the hood but all the teachers lived like in long island all the teachers lived upstate. They would commute an hour because they didn't want to be around us. They just wanted to teach us and, and, and run out. But this one particular teacher, Mr. Gary, who was a gym teacher, lived where we lived. He lived not in Long Island. He didn't live in upstate New York. He lived in Brooklyn where we lived. And because he lived where we lived, there was such a respect for him. I felt like, like we would ask him, Mr. Gary, why don't you live in Long Island with all these, you know, right off the ocean in Suffolk County? He goes, nope, I want to be where the action is. Those were his words. I want to be where the school is. I want to be. And because of that, he was our favorite teacher. And we had a relationship with Mr. Gary, but we didn't have a relationship with the others. Because they wanted to remove themselves from us. But incarnation, this, the, this word, this theology describes a supernatural phenomena of who Jesus is. Now my father-in-law's definition of incarnation is this. It's the unity of divinity and humanity in Christ. And you saw the other version. He, he came and moved in our neighborhood. That was Mr. Gary. He moved in the ghetto. In Brooklyn, 
Incarnation is divinity. He's not, well, you know, Jesus is now, and this is why in my conversations with Muslims and Jehovah's Witnesses, they, in, it, for, there are millions of Muslims in our world right now that reject that concept because their, their prospect is religion. Our God is, you better behave or you're going to get judged. And I know that a, a lot of you are still stuck in that because you've been delivered from religion. And when I say you converted from Catholicism to Christianity, that's not conversion. You were delivered. You were delivered from religion and you still have that mindset of, I, yesterday I really messed up. Today's going to be a better day. Jesus, help me. And you may not pray with the prayer beads, but in your mind you have that process. There are, there are millions of Muslims that reject this concept, this theology, because there is no way that their God, who is a God that judges, could enter into relationship with them. The fact is, is that divine divinity packed up his U-Haul truck, came to and lived in our neighborhood and lived amongst us. That's exactly what Jesus did. The chasm between you and the Father was so great, but God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. Thank you, Mr. Gary, for living in our neighborhood because you had the most impact on our lives. Millions of people refused to believe that Jesus was missional with humanity in mind. Religion, the purpose of religion is to make sure you behave. I mean, behave is a good idea, right? Right? I was looking for Joe Smith. I don't know. I don't know. He came to mind. Yeah. Behaving's a good idea. But relationship's not about behaving. Relationship is about relationship experiencing what heaven has to offer. This is it right here. So religion, you have to walk through the hoops. You got to, yeah, before you get to the Father, you got to, hold on a second. Let me pray this prayer. And then let me pray this prayer. Hold on. Pray one more prayer. Wait, how many times did you sin? Go pray this prayer 10 more times. Jump through the hoops and everything. That was pretty good. You saw that? <laughs> Jump through the hoops. Do this. Do that. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be a good person. That's religion. My understanding of the word of God is that Jesus said, it is finished. Religion says do. Jesus says done. So the whole process of mighty God moving into our neighborhood is a challenge to religion. The Bible says the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. Because if it was from bottom to top, we could just say my Jerusalem did it. From top to bottom. It's the religious that want to sew it back up. The religion wants to sew it back in 2020. I wrote a letter to all the Catholics in Rhode Island. Now, understand, I love Catholics. But if I have a conversation with you and you're Catholic, I was talking to my sister in law this weekend. I was like, listen, and she, if you get upset with me, think about what I'm saying to you. There is not one thing in the Bible that says you have to pray to Mary. Mary was a good person, but she's, she's dead. I know. There's not one thing in the Bible that says pray to saints. If you lose your keys, don't pray to St. Anthony. Pray to Jesus. Or how about, where did you leave them last? Psh. The religion is like, 
step, 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 up, off step, start all over again. Step, step, step. Relationship is like, come all to, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. This whole mighty God is not, is not, well, mighty God. In the Hebrew, mighty God is El, which means singular. Singular God. This is not metaphorical or symbolic or just a matter of saying. No, Jesus is literally God and it was necessary for heaven to be downsized into an infant. And verse 14 of John chapter 1 says this. The word, capital W, and we're talking about who? Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That word in the Hebrew, that phrase, made his dwelling among us. He pitched his tent among us. So when John was writing this, he was writing just a nomad, just regular people who would just walk around looking for a community to fit in. Hey, James, put your tent with ours. Oh, we got a spot here, 10 by 10. Come over here. So Jesus, who's a, just a natural, normal, uh, he's a nomad. He was a gypsy. He was a wanderer. He didn't have a place to lay his head. He's walking around with a tent, and he decided he didn't move. He didn't move to East Greenwich or Smithfield. He moved right smack in the middle of Central Falls. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank God he moved to Central Falls. Nothing against Central Falls, just regular people. People are like, I live in Central Falls. That's where he moved. He moved in the middle, right dead center of your madness. You're trying to get yourself ready for him to move in. Jesus is like, I'll move in as is. Because I love you exactly the way you are, but I love you too much to keep you the same. Let's do it right now center and he's still there he will never leave you he will never forsake you he came into your world John chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 in the beginning the word wow Jesus in the beginning Jesus already existed y'all trying to pray for clarity don't pray for clarity pray for trust because if you had clarity, what would you do? I know 30 years ago, if I would have prayed for clarity and seen ahead, I would have ran. Yes. If God revealed 30 years before what I'd be going through what, to get me where I'm at now, I would say, um, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, no. Not because I would have chosen to be where I'm at right now. I just would have chosen a different process. He says the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. See, what people do is they, they dismiss what they don't get. Where's faith? And nothing was created except through him. Who are we talking about again? Thank you. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everything. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would be mighty God, which is a rescuing hero of strength and power. That's it. And, in, and what this means, Colossians 2, 9, really gives us insight into what that means. Because this, this mighty God takes residence inside of us. Colossians 2, 9. For in Christ dwells, lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Hallelujah. Now when I read that, I say, wow. Everybody say, wow. wow. That's what I said. In Christ 
is heaven's library. Remember last week we talked about how Jesus said, I'm sending another counselor and he will be with you, he will be in you. Every part, let's talk about those two words that I purposely capitalized, all. Which means that word all in the, in, in the original Greek is every part, individually selected. For some reason, that when I started reading this, the first thing that came to my mind when you read that is a pie. Don't judge me. Cheesecake. Segmented and cut up in little pieces. So all means every little piece is yours, representing the whole thing. All of heaven is downsized into a physical body. Then Jesus says, I'm going for your benefit because the mighty, the wonderful counsel, the counsel, I'm sending another counsel who will take and dwell in you. Fullness, which is completion, filled with the presence of God, the power of God, the agency of God, the riches of God. So all of heaven's resources sit somewhere around here. Every part, every detail has been downloaded into you, mighty God. This is the keys now. We, and this is what Kai's name mean, means. Keys. Key holder. That's it. Go into your pocket and reach for your keys. Okay, some of you don't follow instructions, but that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with this anyway. I have keys in the Old Testament and then the New Testament represents power, authority, access. Right? So I have one key for my house and this one key fits every door. And then I have my car keys that I just call, call and I just put it in my pocket. Craig. And when I get near my car, guess what? The door automatically. <laughs> nice. nice. Grace. It's called fancy. You have to say, how many, come on, have, brag, how many of you have that? You just like walk up to the car and be like, literally I put my hand on the door and you hear a click it is nice you know what I have tinted windows on my daughter paid for me to have them and so I got stopped by a cop one day he goes reverend reverend your tint is too dark what are you trying to do hide from God but some of you need tint on your soul because you laid anything and everything in. Enemy has out, the devil keeps beating me up. Why are, you have, why are you giving him access? He who dwells in the secret place of the Almighty. So keys represent, Isaiah 22 verse 22 talks about the keys of David. And that's, this is Old Testament. Anytime I give you a scripture in the Old Testament, you should always say, ah, but we got it better. Okay, so we're talking about, I, I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. What he opens, no man can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Now we move to the New Testament in the book of Matthew, where Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Are you following me so far? Now keys in Isaiah 22 represented stewardship. I'm going to give you the keys of David. That means you have the keys to the kingdom. 
stewardship not custodian a custodian just has a lot of keys and just opens door he doesn't have access a steward opens doors and he has access everybody say access access is authority you, why are we talking about keys when we're talking about mighty God well mighty God has been downsized here lived on this earth died for our sins and now he's saying in Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 he says I, I have the keys of death and hell now if Jesus has the keys of death and hell and he lives inside of me why am I panicking the one I serve says, I have authority over life. I have authority over death. Even when you die, that's not a time to panic. It was someone's around you. Because death is as much of a promise as is life. So keys, everybody say keys. So some of you need to upgrade your authority where you could just have it tucked away and walk in authority and you see doors open. John chapter 10 verse 9 says, I am the door. We're over here praying, oh, I'm waiting for an open door, open door, closed doors, closed doors, open doors. If he closes the door, he'll open up a window. Stop those prayers, man. He's the door. And because he's the door, wherever you go, he says to Joshua, and if you said it to Joshua, we have greater authority. Wherever you place your feet, you will, you will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever decision you make, you go right, it'll be blessed. You go left, it'll be blessed. You go straight, it'll be blessed. Why? Because the anointing is on your life. Why are you panicking? Get those keys out and upgrade. That's the anointing on your life. So Jesus, who's mighty God, comes to the earth and he says, I'm going now, but it's best that I go because I'm going to send you a counselor, another counselor who's going to remind you what I told you. This counselor is going to be with you, which in the original Greek means in you. So all of heaven's library That's good teaching, Pastor Tony. All of heaven's library, right here, right here. Sam turned 12 this year, about a month ago. Everybody say happy birthday. She got a cell phone for her birthday. But last year she had asked for a cell phone when she was 11. And she says, Dad, I want a cell phone or a dollhouse. I'm like, uh, Hey Siri, what's a good size dollhouse? And she got dollhouse. And with our children, when they got their cell phone, we actually use the phrase, we want to make sure that you're going to be a good steward of this. Because you know, this is, you know, Anna, this is not just a phone. This is the world wide web. You have the world in your hands. We want to make sure that you are a good steward of this. And when you can show yourself to be a steward, you'll get this authority that you don't have right now because you're going to get a dollhouse. But Jesus said when he died on the cross, it is finished. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So you have heaven's library accessible to you right now. So why are you praying right now knowing all this information? Oh Lord Jesus, I need strength. No, no you don't. Mighty God lives inside of you. 
oh God, I need peace. No, you don't. Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace, two weeks from now. Prince of Peace lives inside of you. You're praying for feeling without the revelation. You're praying for, you're, you're praying for a, a, a physical evidence that you go, oh, I feel so much better. And not praying for a manifestation of truth, a revelation of who Jesus is in your life. So Paul says, they are, his promises are yes and amen, which, is, which means it's already there. Yes. Jesus said yes. And then amen means yes. So if he says yes and we says yes, guess what happens in your life? It's called miracles. That's how miracles happen. Oh, I'm waiting on the Lord. For what? Everything that Jesus is ever going to do, ever has to do, and ever will need to do is have already been accomplished at the cross. So stop praying for open doors. God, I'm not sure. Open doors. Jesus said, hey, dude, stop praying for doors. I'm the door. Walk with me. I'm the door opener. I'm the door closer. You have access. You have authority. You have power. In fact, I have the keys of death and hell. What else do you need? So here's the problem, though. He said yes. Some of you said no. And because you said no, you're fasting and praying, waiting on the Lord. And God says, stop praying and say yes. In fact, you can say yes one time and it'll cancel out 10,000 no's. Today's your day of yes. The gospel is about yes. Salvation is about yes. To be able to walk and that we would stop being custodians and be like, hey, I got all these keys. Not impressed. You can open, but you're not accessing what's in that safe deposit box. You have the code in your mind, but there's no experience of it. So if you are here today and you do not know the mighty God, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. He loves you. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Why are you so stubborn? Wife, turn and say that to you. No, I'm just kidding. Just say yes. Well, I just want to make sure. Typically, when you say yes, you want to know the details, right? When you sign a contract, fine print. But when you enter covenant, you say yes. Contract can be broken. You broke your vow to the Lord but guess what he's pursuing you with an everlasting love keys access surely goodness and this is why I have all of my children here and my wife and Zoe who sang worshiping with me today because I said, no way, this ain't going to happen on my watch. On. You want to see that again? No way, this ain't going to happen on my watch. Because when a mom and a dad angry praying, the promise, he already said yes. I said yes, spoken by us to what? To the glory of God. So when the glory of God rests, guess what? He needs a platform. And the platform elevates what's happening. And so your life is a platform. And he said yes. All you have to do is say yes. And I have my children and my wife and both my parents serving the Lord. <laughs> worshiping Jesus. And you know who broke the cycle on both sides? Somebody's got to break the cycle. 
and stop saying no. Both my parents said yes. When they grew up in a generation of, of family members that said no, they broke the cycle. If that's not you, you start the cycle right now and start the legacy. Begin the legacy of blessing over your home. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Magnetize me to the blessings of the Lord. Start that generational blessing. And Jesus said, if, you, if you've been saying no, this is how you say yes. Yes. I don't know the details. Sometimes you just got to bypass the fact that you're a little afraid and say yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Start that generational blessing in your life. Start it today. His name will be called Mighty God. I have access to heaven's library right here. And if you said no, that's why nothing's working out for you. Did I say that? Yes. You're praying for a blessing under the umbrella of no. This is for someone here today. You're walking under the umbrella of no, praying for a blessing. There are things that have happened in our life that we didn't pray for. Things happen by default when you're walking under the guise of yes Lord, yes Lord. All of a sudden God outdoes your, your prayers, your sideway prayers that you uttered in your mind. God answers that and he goes exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask, think or imagine. God will do and he will outperform your greatest prayers when you say yes to mighty God. So if you have said, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus here today, because I want to make sure after all this I mean I worked hard today can you give your heart to the Lord today I gave my life to Christ that pastor, that pastor was sweating huh? I had to I don't know what I did but <laughs> Jesus is coming back and I just want to make sure that everyone here enters not religion of relationship I mean this is the whole story of the gospel Christmas that heaven downgraded we typically upgrade start a home intermediate home dream home Jesus downgraded and moved into the ghetto with us because he loves you and has a plan for your life. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ today, today is the day, man. Today is the day. If you do not have a relationship with Christ, just, just let me know. Raise your hand real quick. And then when I see you, you can put your hand down. If that's you, you, you say, Pastor Tony, that is so me. I need that peace. I need that eternal life. I don't have it. If that's you, raise your hand just real quick. I don't want to miss you. I'm going slow. One slow scan real quick so I'm going to make the presumption that every person here I'm going to do this one more scan if you do not have a relationship he loves you and if you say no to him today he'll still pursue no guilt no shame but he'll pursue you 
Because God don't do the guilt shame thing, but He will pursue out of love, not to make you feel guilty. But if you're here this morning and don't have that peace, I want to pray for you. That's all. If that's you, even if you go past Anthony. So everyone here has a relationship with Jesus. Every single person here. So the next level is the prayers we pray for. Oh God, give me strength. How many of you prayed that prayer before? Last time I prayed that prayer was about five years ago. Because the Lord convicted me. He said, stop praying that. And I said, but I need strength. He says, you need strength for one of two reasons. You're carrying things that you should not carry. Or you need to sleep better. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I realized that I was like, let me not carry what I'm not supposed to carry. And let me not drink coffee at 8.30 p.m. And be on Facebook for an hour and a half before. And play Angry Birds for 45 minutes. And then watch the news. And hear of all the calamities in all the world. And then, and, yeah, and then try to sleep. Those two reasons. When you have, all of heaven is downsized. And put inside you. Why am I praying for strength? I'm going to walk. I have the keys already. I can start my car from here. That's fine. You can, authority comes before you. It's a distance. I'm under the shelter. I'm living under the umbrella of blessing. So I stopped praying for strength. Another thing I stopped praying for was peace. Why? Well, I'm kind of sneaking into the next two weeks, but Prince of Peace lives inside of me. So am I praying for a feeling? Yes. Stop praying for the feeling and walk in the position of peace. When I walk in the position, the feeling's not as important. So I could sleep during a storm. Hence Jesus sleeping during a storm, because when you're walking in kingdom, there are no storms in the kingdom. Walk in authority. Those two things. Those two things. So thank you, Lord. You are mighty God living inside of us. Thank you for the keys of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. We walk and we take authority, Lord. In Jesus' name, the authority that he has given us because he said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. The authority that he has given us, we walk in that blessing. We walk. We don't deny darkness. We don't deny storms. We just walk to a higher purpose. I don't need a telescope or a horoscope or a microscope. I got the revelation of who Jesus is. He's my authority. And I walk in the revelation that mighty God has chosen to take up revelation in me. All of heaven's library you just got to upgrade once in a while if you have said no when you should have been saying yes as we sing this song well, can you just do me a favor and this is can you hear as we sing this closing song, if you've been saying no when you should have been saying yes, do me a favor today before you leave, say yes. 
He's forgiven you. Don't beat yourself up. Don't pray a 25-minute prayer and fast for three months. Say yes, Lord. God, I say yes to your purposes, to your mind, to your heart, to your way. I don't know all the answers, but yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus said yes on the cross. I'm saying yes. Let the glory of God and heaven and earth come to an agreement and let your purposes be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Go ahead, guys.